Hello and welcome back to the Bible Podcast. Today is March 21st. We're working through the book of Judges. Today we'll cover chapters 6, 7, and 8. Let's get started. Judges chapter 6. The Israelites did what was evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites for seven years. The Midianite oppression was so great that because of them, the Israelites made themselves hiding places in mountains, caves, and fortifications. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other peoples from the east would come and attack them. They would set up their camps and destroy the country's crops as far away as Gaza. They didn't leave anything to eat in the whole of Israel, and they took for themselves all the sheep, cattle, and donkeys. They arrived in huge numbers with their livestock and tents, like swarms of locusts, with so many camels they couldn't be counted. They invaded the land to completely devastate it. The Israelites were made desperately poor by the Midianites, and they called out to the Lord for help. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help because of the Midianites, the Lord sent the Israelites a prophet. He told them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I brought you out of Egypt. I led you out from the place where you were slaves. I saved you from the power of the Egyptians and from everyone who oppressed you. I expelled them before you and gave their land to you. I warned you, I am the Lord your God. You must not worship the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you're now living. But you didn't listen to me. The angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak tree in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abiezrite. His son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress there to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you great man of courage. Excuse me, my lord, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Gideon replied. Where are all his wonderful miracles that our forefathers reminded us about when they said, Wasn't it the Lord who led us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has given up on us and has handed us over to the Midianites. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength that you have and save Israel from the Midianites. Aren't I the one sending you? Excuse me, my lord, but how can I save Israel? Gideon replied, My family is the least important of the tribe of Manasseh, and I am the least important person of that family. I will be with you, the Lord told him. You will defeat the Midianites as if they were just one man. Please, Lord, if you think well of me, give me a sign that it's really you telling me this, Gideon asked. Don't leave until I come back and present my offering to you. I will remain here until you return, he replied. Gideon went and cooked a young goat and baked some unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. He put the meat in a basket and the broth in a pot. He carried them out and presented them to the angel under the oak tree. The angel of God told him, Place the meat and the unleavened bread on this rock and pour the broth over them. So Gideon did. The angel of the Lord held out the staff he was holding and touched the meat and unleavened bread with the tip. Fire flamed from the rock and burned up the meat and unleavened bread. Then the angel vanished. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he cried out, Oh no, Lord God, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord told him, Peace, don't worry, you're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace. It's still there today in Ophrah, of the Abiezrites. That night the Lord told Gideon, Take your father's bull and a second bull seven years old and tear down your father's altar of Baal 
and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build an altar to the Lord your God in the proper way on hilltop. Using the wood of the Asherah pole you cut down as firewood, take the second bowl and present it as a burnt offering. Gideon, accompanied by ten of his servants, did what the Lord had told him. However, because he was afraid of his family and the people of the town, he did it during the night rather than in the day. Early in the morning when the people of the town got up, they saw that the altar of Baal had been torn down and the Asherah pole beside it had been cut down, with the second bull sacrificed on the altar that had just been built. They asked one another, Who did this? They made inquiries and they were told, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. Hand over your son, the people of the town ordered Joash. He must die because he has torn down the altar of Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Joash replied to all of those confronting him, Are you arguing on Baal's half? Do you have to save him? Anyone who argues for him will be put to death by mourning. If he is a god, let him fight for himself against those who tore down his altar. That day Gideon was called Jerob Baal, which means let Baal fight with him because he had torn down his altar. All the Midianites, Amalekites, and other peoples of the east gathered together and crossed over the Jordan. They camped in the valley of Jezreel. The Spirit of the Lord came on Gideon, and he blew the trumpet, calling Abiezrites to join him. He sent messengers through the whole territory of Manasseh, calling them to join him, and also to Asher, Zebulun, and Naphtali. So they also came and joined the others. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel through me as you promised, then look, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If the fleece is wet with dew, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you are going to save Israel through me as you promised. That's what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, he pressed on the fleece and squeezed out the dew, enough water to fill a bowl. Then Gideon said to God, Please don't get cross with me, just let me make one more request. Let me do one more test with the fleece. This time let the fleece be dry and the whole ground covered with dew. That night God did exactly that. The fleece alone was dry and the whole ground was covered with dew. Chapter 7 Jerob Baal, who is Gideon, and those who were with him got up early and went and camped by the Herod Spring. The Midianite camp was to the north in the valley near the Moray Hill. The Lord told Gideon, There are too many soldiers with you for me to hand over the Midianites to them. Otherwise, Israel will brag to me, saying, I saved myself by my own strength. So tell the soldiers, anyone who is worried or afraid can leave Mount Gilead and go back home. 22,000 of them went back home, but 10,000 stayed. Then the Lord told Gideon, There's still too many soldiers. Take them down to the water, and I will reduce them for you. Whoever I tell you, he shall go with you, he shall go. But anyone that I say, he shall not go with you, he shall not go. Gideon took the soldiers down to the water. The Lord told Gideon, Set to one side those who lap the water with their tongues, like a dog does, and on the other side those who kneel down to drink. Three hundred lapped water from their hands to their mouths. All the rest knelt down to drink the water. The Lord told Gideon, With these three hundred men that lapped, I will save you and hand over the Midianites to you. Let all the rest of the soldiers go home. The three hundred took over the supplies and trumpets of the others. Gideon sent all the rest home, but held on to the three hundred men. 
The Midianite camp was below him in the valley. That night the Lord spoke to Gideon, Get up, go down and attack the camp, for I have handed it over to you. But if you are afraid to go down, go with your servant Pura to the camp. You'll hear what they're talking about, and then you'll have the courage to attack the camp. So he took his servant, Pura, with him and went to the edge of the camp where armed men were on guard. The Midianites, Amalekites, and all the peoples of the east filled the valley like a swarm of locusts. And as for their camels, they were as uncountable as the sand on the seashore. Just as Gideon arrived, a man was telling his friend about a dream he'd had. He was saying, I had this dream. I dreamed I saw a round loaf of barley bread come rolling into the Midianite camp. It hit a tent, knocking it upside down, flat on the ground. This can only represent the victory by the sword of Gideon, son of Joash, a man of Israel, his friend answered. God has handed over to him the Midianites and everyone else camped here. When Gideon heard the dream and what it meant, he bowed in thanks to God. He went back to the Israelite camp and announced, On your feet! for the Lord has handed over the Midianite camp to you. He divided the 300 men into three companies. He handed them all trumpets and empty jars with torches inside them. Watch me and follow my example, he told them. So when I get to the edge of the camp, do exactly what I do. Immediately, I and those with me blow the trumpets. Then blow your trumpets from all around the camp and shout, For the Lord and for Gideon. Gideon and the hundred men who were with him arrived at the edge of the camp around midnight, after the guards were changed. They blew their trumpets and smashed the jars they were holding. All three companies blew their trumpets and smashed their jars. They held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands, and they shouted, A sword for the Lord and for Gideon. Each man stood in his place encircling the camp, and all the enemy soldiers ran around shouting, and they fled. When they blew the three hundred trumpets, the Lord made all the men in the camp attack one another with their swords. The enemy army fled to Beth Shittah, near Zerara, all the way to the border of Abel Mehola, near Tebath. The Israelite soldiers were summoned from Naphtali, Asher, and all of Manasseh, and they chased after the Midianites. Gideon also sent messengers throughout the hill country of Ephraim, saying, Come down to attack the Midianites. Cut them off at the shallow crossings of the Jordan River at Beth Barah. So all the men of Ephraim were summoned, and they took control of the Jordan fords as far as Beth Barah. They also captured Oreb and Zeb, two of the Midianite commanders. They killed Oreb at the Rock of Oreb and Zeb at the winepress of Zeb. They continued chasing down the Midianites and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb back to Gideon, who was on the other side of the Jordan. Judges chapter 8. Then the men of Ephraim asked Gideon, Why have you treated us like this? Why didn't you call us when you went to attack the Midianites? They argued furiously with him. Now what have I achieved in comparison to you? Gideon replied. Even Ephraim's leftover grapes are better than Abiezer's whole grape harvest. God handed over to you Oreb and Zeb, the two Midianite commanders. What have I managed to achieve in comparison to you? When he told them this, their animosity towards him died down. Then Gideon crossed the Jordan with his three hundred men. Even though they were exhausted, they continued the chase. When they got to Succoth, Gideon asked the people there, Please provide some bread to the men with me because they're worn out. I'm pursuing Zeba and Zalmunna, the Midianite kings. But the Succoth town leaders replied, Why should we give your army bread when you haven't even captured Zeba 
and Zalmuni yet. In that case, once the Lord has handed Ziba and Zalmunna over to me, I'll return and thrash you with thorns and briars from the desert, Gideon replied. He left and went to Penuel and asked them the same thing, but the people of Penuel answered the same way as the people of Succoth. So he told them, When I return victorious, I'll demolish this tower. Zeba and Zalmunna were in Karkur with their armies of around 15,000 men. These were all who remained of the armies of the people of the east. 120,000 swordsmen had already been killed. Gideon took the caravan route to the east of Nobah and Jogbeha, and he attacked their army, catching them off guard. Zeba and Zalmunna ran away, but he chased after the two Midianite kings and captured them, defeating the whole of their terrified army. Then Gideon, son of Joash, returned from the battle through the Herez Pass. There he captured a young man from Succoth and questioned him. The man wrote down for him the names of the seventy-seven leaders and elders of Succoth. Gideon went and said to the Succoth town leaders, Here are Zeba and Zalmunna, the ones you taunted me about when you said, Why should we give your exhausted army bread when you haven't even captured Zeba and Zalmunna? So he took the town elders of Succoth and taught them a lesson using thorns and briars from the desert. He also demolished the tower of Peniel and killed the men of the town. Then Gideon asked Zeba and Zalmunna, What were they like, the men you killed at Tabor? They looked like you, they answered. Each of them had the stature of a prince. Those were my brothers, my mother's sons, Gideon burst out. As the Lord lives, if you had let them live, I wouldn't kill you. He told Jether, his older son, Go on, kill them. But the boy refused to draw his sword because he was young and afraid. Zeba and Zalmunna said to Gideon, Come on, you do it. Show yourself a man and kill us. So Gideon went over and killed Zeba and Zalmunna, and he took the crescent-shaped ornaments from the necks of their camels. Then the Israelites said to Gideon, You must become our ruler, you, your son, and your grandson, because you've saved us from the Midianites. I won't be your ruler, and my son won't either, Gideon replied. The Lord will be your ruler. Then Gideon said, I have a request to ask of you, that each of you give me an earring from your plunder. Their enemies were Ishmaelites and wore gold earrings. We'll happily give them to you, they replied. They spread out a cloak, and each of them threw on earrings from their plunder. The weight of the earrings he'd asked for was 1,700 shekels, not including the ornaments, the pendants, and the purple garments worn by the Midianite kings, or the chains that were around their camels' necks. From the gold, Gideon made an ephod, which he placed in his hometown of Ophrah. All Israel prostituted themselves there by worshiping it as an idol, and it became a trap to Gideon and his family. This is how the Midianites were subjugated before the Israelites and did not gain power again. So the land was at peace for 40 years during the lifetime of Gideon. So Gideon, known as Jerob Baal, son of Joash, went home living in his own house. Gideon had 70 sons, all his own because he had many wives. His concubine, who lived in Shechem, also had a son. He named him Abimelech. Gideon, son of Joash, died at a good old age and was buried in the tomb of his father Joash in Ophrah of the Abiezrites. But as soon as Gideon died, the Israelites went back to prostituting themselves, worshipping before the Baals. They made Baal Barith their god. 
They forgot about the Lord their God, who had saved them from all their enemies that surrounded them. They did not show any respect to the family of Jerubbaal, Gideon, for all the good he had done for Israel. Well, that sounds pretty reminiscent of the Israelites uh, with Moses wanting to go back to Egypt. That's just going to lead to trouble with the Amorites. Let's look back in history on this day. German composer Johann Sebastian Bach was born on this day in 1685. He's considered one of the greatest musical geniuses of all time. Bach's career is one of the wonders of music. In addition to supporting a large family and fulfilling his many duties as a musician and conductor, he wrote hundreds of compositions, including nearly 300 religious and non-religious choral works called cantatas. Bach was born in Eisenach, Germany, and his parents died before he was 10 in 1707. He married his cousin, Maria Barbara. They had seven children before she died. A year later, he married again and had 13 children with this wife. Bach developed serious eye trouble, and in his last years, he was nearly blind. He died of a stroke in 1750 at age 65. Looking at Bach's upbringing and circumstances, one would not think he could rise to the towering peak that he did. There was nothing remarkable about him, but God had gifted Bach with unusual talent. Gideon, too, came from a very ordinary family. Until that fateful day, he was visited by an angel who addressed him as a mighty man of valor. Gideon thought of himself as a helpless slave to an oppressive and angry people. However, God's viewpoint of Gideon was quite different. God saw Gideon not for what he was, but for what he would become when he gave himself to God. It took some persuading, but finally the genius in Gideon came out. Looking deeper, there is seldom change without pain. The greater the pain, the greater the change. Midian brutally oppressed Israel until the nation cried out to God. He sent Gideon to them. God sees us as we can be, not as we are. Gideon saw himself as a helpless victim, but God saw him as a valiant warrior. We seldom know our potential, but God does. The why question is seldom answered because the what now question is far more important. God ignores Gideon's why question and tells him to get busy. Self-correction must occur before we move to correct others. Gideon had to destroy the idol in his own house before bringing the nation to deliverance and revival. Fleeces do not necessarily indicate lack of faith, but can be a sincere desire to be certain of God's calling. Gideon wanted to know absolutely what God wanted of him. Let's pray. Help me, Lord, to view myself as you view me rather than being preoccupied with my I can'ts. Help me to remember that with you, I am a majority. Amen. Let us not love with word or with tongue, but in deed and in truth. Get out and show somebody you love them today. Don't just tell them. No lip service today. Go out and show someone how much you love them. Amen. God bless you, and we'll see you back here for Judges chapter 9.